0: The best things happen after dark. Nightclubs are the ultimate space for self-expression, escape, music, socialising and forgetting for a moment the outside world. They're a place to discover ourselves, find new friends and fall in love. As humans, we like to dance to a beat and there's nothing like a good night out. I'm Jodie Harsh. I'm a DJ, producer and occasional club promoter. I know how to tear up a dance floor, and for this podcast, I want to explore with my guests how club culture and going out has shaped their identities and informed their work. I've got us the guest list and Q-Jump sorted, so we'll delve right into the hazy memory banks and hit the floor. This is Life of the Party. When this person speaks, people listen. She's an activist, a model, and a change maker. We spent much of our 20s together in London's clubland, playing music and hosting parties. These days, you're more likely to find her fighting for equality on the cover of every magazine and sitting on the diversity and inclusion board of L'Oreal, a progressive move that proves speaking up really can create change for others. She's a juggernaut of social activism. She stands in the face of injustice and she's made use of this year writing her debut book, and raising a new family of cats and dogs. I'm very happy to have you on, Munro Bergdorf. This is your life of the party.
1: Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about me.
0: Not the only nice thing I've ever said about you. Not the only,
1: (laughs) but probably the nicest. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Are you good? I'm really good. How are
0: you? Um, Yeah, I'm all right. Just doing a doing a podcast
1: yeah
0: it's new it's a new thing for me but I'm really enjoying it
1: I'm so excited to hear the other episodes as well yeah
0: so we've obviously I mean we're it's no secret that we're really good friends but we've been speaking all the way through lockdown but how have you been how was your lockdown
1: lockdown's been a bit of a ride it's been yeah um it's full of lots of ups and downs but it's been a real moment for me personally to um recognize and realize um the the next chapter of my life I think um mm. I think that a lot of us have had you know um these existential moments and you know trying to think about what we want our life to be in in, in the new world and like almost mourning the the old world especially when it comes to like you know uh, people that have backgrounds in nightlife or um you know uh, like kind of marginalized communities it's it's quite difficult because you know a lot of our um a lot of our reality is based in real life you know mm. um whether or not that's clubs or um even like communal yeah. prayer so yeah it's it's been a it's been a ride
0: i want to start with you at the very beginning your first ever party as a child can you remember like a birthday party or were they christmas parties
1: yeah oh god that was my dog just sneezed um <laughs> um so yeah i was actually the first kid in my high school to throw a party which is so lol because i actually had like no friends <laughs> Did (laughs) people come? People came because it was the first high school party. So they were like, oh, let's go. So like, it was actually quite busy. But like, I had no friends for the rest of the school experience. (laughs) But um, I guess my first parties were were birthday parties. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think that if you weren't the first to throw a party, do you think the attendance may have been slightly
1: down? (laughs) probably probably yes um it was all right it was fun actually because i threw it with um i went to an all-boys school and i threw it with my friend who went to an all-girls school so it was like an opportunity for like the boys and the girls to mix it was really awkward and everyone everyone just stood either sides of the room nobody mixed um it was just like that kind of thing yeah
0: i i do that now
1: (laughs) now. (laughs) awkward slow dancing with hands (laughs) on hips and things like that (laughs) And where did you grow up? I grew up in Essex.
0: Yes. Was there like sneaking out to nightclubs when you were sort of in your teens or anything?
1: Um, no, not really. No, I was, you know, I was quite happy with my solitude. I didn't really even know that that existed, really. Uh, My access to Clubland was really through the pages of like the face and ID and things like that. So I kind of lived vicariously through fashion magazines. Mm. Um, but no, I never really snuck out. I started going out when I was about 16 and I went to my first club um, when I was about 15.
0: Right, and do you, which club was that?
1: G-A-Y. Wow,
0: same, at the Astoria?
1: At the Astoria. And I remember just thinking, oh my God, there's so many people here. Like Mm. it was, it was so big. And I was like, there's this this many gay people. Mm. Um, And it was, it was, it was an amazing feeling. I mean, you felt like you were part of something. And especially when you've grown up so isolated um, and living through fashion magazines, it was great to just be who I wanted to be out loud. Mm.
0: I've said this before in a previous episode, but I'll never forget that feeling of walking into the Astoria, into the main room and thinking, wow, I've arrived. This is where I belong. Like the moment I walked into that big room, similar for you.
1: Yeah. 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 You just look around. It was just a wall of people. It was Mm. crazy. Um, Yeah. I was very drunk. So (laughs) yeah very drunk um but i mean it was it was amazing um it was incredible yeah i wish that we'd have another place like that
0: Hmm. and you went to university in brighton
1: went to university in brighton yeah brighton's really where i found myself um and i started dressing how i identified and um started you know just really um yeah living out loud not necessarily feeling like i had to conform um just being more myself
0: Mm. and um you'd go to gay clubs i guess in brighton was there much of there's quite a big scene down there isn't there
1: yeah it's different though um london was a little bit more you know image based people just went out to have fun in brighton Mm. um Mm. and you know i i Kind of spent more time in, like, the drag bars and drag clubs and did a mm. bit of drag hosting at that point. Mm. I hadn't transitioned. So, um, yeah, it, it was fun. It was it was just a little bit more cabaret-based.
0: Yeah. And then when you moved to London, you started working in
1: fashion PR? Was it? Or beauty PR? I started working in fashion PR. Right. And that, it's, it's, that was really hard. I think that was around the same time that I met you, actually. Mm. Yeah, where, where did we meet? I don't remember um i it must have been at circus
0: yeah which was a club night which i did at soho review bar at that time
1: but did we meet there yes it was soho review bar i think it was you did a party for carl lagerfeld i think did i i think so oh
0: i don't remember that carl
1: lagerfeld um did a did a short film or something and i think you were promoing it that sound.
0: That's maybe.
1: Jodie's got the worst memory <laughs> known to man. By the way,
0: like, I couldn't. I honestly couldn't tell you what I had for lunch today. I have no recollection of the amount of anything. times
1: that Jodie starts like a, a story, thinking it's something brand new. <laughs> She's told, I told you about you, five times. I told you
0: yesterday. <laughs> and I've spent the whole day thinking. Oh, I can't wait to tell Monroe. It always
1: starts here. with. I've got this great idea. And I was like, <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> um. So we have no idea where we met, but it was possibly something to do with Karl Lagerfeld.
1: So the first time that I think we actually met in person was when I was working in fashion PR and it was a Matthew Williamson show. And I think I showed you to your seat.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah. Did I say thank you?
1: You were nice. You that? were okay. nice. You. <laughs> 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 I think that was the first time that we actually like chatted, like... You know, just like PR kind of talk, nothing that deep. Like, how's your fashion week? (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much that.
0: So this podcast is about nightlife um, and how it sort of creates a space for expression and um, allows you to help find yourself and how it helps shape you. How important was the freedom and the escapism of the club scene to help define who you are as a person today?
1: Oh my god, it was everything. It's always been everything to me. Just because I think for a long time as a kid, I just felt like I needed to escape. And it was that place that I could escape to. Um, It was that place that I could just be myself and make all the mistakes and you know it's almost like nightlife has a different set of rules and you know the the mistakes that you would make in spaces you know like normal spaces for lack of a better word you know you could you could get away with you know um life lessons like really hard life lessons in nightlife and um they weren't always great for me but they were all lessons that i learned from
0: do you feel like you picked up life skills
1: Oh my God, 100%. Um, My resilience probably comes from the fact that I worked in nightlife and anyone that works in nightlife will tell you, you meet the best people and people at their worst. I wouldn't say the worst people, but you meet people at their best and their worst. Mm. Because people are either be out having the best time of their lives or, you know, trying to mask something, Mm. trying to, you know, cover something up.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes you'll only see those people at their worst. So you just think they're always horrific people. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, and we call them vampires, a lot of, you know, like energy, energy sucking type people, but it's just people in, in their worst places often.
1: So it definitely teaches you how to um, deal with people, um, mm. how to push yourself as well, because after a certain period of time working in nightlife, you don't really want to go out a lot of the time but it's your job so Mm. it's like facilitating a fun time when you might be going through something you Mm. might just want to sit home watching netflix or whatnot but Um, yeah it it taught me so much I mean I'm so thankful um, and Mm. thankful for like my mentors I mean it helped me plug into my community I um, you know I've got a wealth of knowledge of um, my community because so much of our community has been based in nightlife over Mm. the years and over Mm. the decades so I was very aware when I was living that reality that there was you know so many inspirational people that come before me that had also lived that reality. Mm. Um, So I was able to draw strength from that. But also from a trans perspective, working in fashion at that time, and I quit fashion, working in that side of fashion anyway, when I was um, 23. And I just didn't feel supported. I didn't feel like if I came out, then I would be supported in that environment. So... I thought, okay, well, gonna. It's time to escape again, and mm. um, I started learning how to DJ, and got involved with you and your. Um,
0: Mot- Motley crew. <laughs> yeah,
1: and there was like a little like gaggle of us, and um, it was really nice. And we all looked out for each other, and um, mm. yeah, look at us now. <laughs> yeah.
0: So when so when you you're working in fashion PR, you you kept yourself um, the fact that you that you. We're going to transition it was something that you felt that you needed to to, yeah you weren't ready to reveal that
1: I wasn't aware of my rights I wasn't aware of the fact that in 2010 the equality act was actually passed which would which would protect me in the workplace if I wanted to transition but I didn't even I didn't know that and even if I did know that then I wouldn't have felt that it would be an immediate effect. I didn't think that people would personally understand. Mm. Yes, the law would be on my side legally, but that wasn't really what I was concerned about. I just thought that I'd be humiliated. Mm. So um, I decided to leave because I I wasn't getting getting on with my managers anyway. And um, yeah, I just learned how to teach. I just threw myself into it. I just allowed myself to get lost in um nightlife a little bit and just live the fantasy mm. and um I had the best time I had, the- I had such a good time um there were some really awful moments but there was so many incredible moments and I'll look back and just think you know what I definitely partied like a rock star but <laughs> 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 but it toughened me up, and it—I learned some lessons that you know nobody should have to, you know, learn. But I learned them, and mm. it's put me in good stead for being able to take on pretty much anything now.
0: Absolutely, and of course, you don't work in nightlife at all now. You may enjoy a fun night out every now and again with your friends, but it's very much something that you've kind of you you would you dipped into for a, for a portion of your life, and you, and you. Oh worked, well, a decade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did it for a decade you and it paid the bills and you met lots of great people and you had a good time and then you were able to dip back out of it again
1: yeah i mean i never thought that my life would take this turn um and i'm i'm really happy that it has i mean not so much happy in the way that it happened but um i i feel like i'm in a great position to um to help younger queer people to, you know, find themselves without having to go through all of the stuff that I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I worked in nightlife for ten years, and it it didn't really f- feel like it was ten years. It just went by really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> really quickly. About it. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's like, it's like an alternative reality yeah. queer nightlife. You like yeah. you you meet people that that is their world, and yeah, we you know it, it is a different set of rules, different mindset, um, different even different language. Like in history, like Polari, and like it yeah. like the amount of culture that is in that space is incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really go out anymore. I definitely am an ex-party girl. Yeah. (laughs) Like Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Not like Lindsay Lohan. Love Lindsay, but no. (laughs) Um, um, But yeah, pretty much a little bit more like, I don't know, Samantha in Sex in the City. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, How important are LGBTQ plus clubs as safe spaces even more specifically for black people trans people i'm talking in the context of n- of nightclubs now
1: yeah I- incredibly um incredibly important because you need you need that place where you feel like you can just go and let loose and i i didn't i don't think that i could ever, ever think of anywhere that i could let loose apart from a club where mm. i could you know be who i am and be who i was and as soon as i walked through those club doors like that was me you know it doesn't matter what happened out on the pavement what happened on the way to the club what happened in my day when i was in that club that was me and she was there She, she had arrived um and it it was really difficult, you know, those first days of my transition was so hard. Um, I would get, you know, abused um, daily in public um, mm. and just it was kind of inescapable. So to have a place where you felt like you could leave everything at the door was incredible and you would meet the most fabulous people you would never know who was going to be out and then you know your night would take a turn and then you'd end up having an adventure and i don't know i lived the club kid life like Mm. that was my reality and i'm so glad that i did but you know seeing these kids grow up i feel I feel worried for them because I'm like, well, where, where are you going to go? Well,
0: that's what I was going to say. Do you, th- do you think 2020's lockdown might affect some people who may have needed to use nightlife as an as a exploration of self? I'm talking 18-year-olds and stuff. But they have nowhere to go out this year. With the clubs
1: being closed. I I just think that the spaces are going to change and it's going to turn into like, we were talking about this last night and it's going to, you know, go into like illegal raves and Mm. underground culture, which, you know, culturally, we'll probably look back on and be like, well, wasn't that that wild? Wasn't that amazing? Mm. But you know, from a safety perspective, it's not a controlled mm. environment. And, mm. um, you know, there's, n- there's not going to be medics. There's not going to be all of the things that, you know, we security, security, exactly. That make it a safe space. So yeah. say, it would, I I worry that there's not going to be safe spaces.
0: Yeah. And so many venues are literally closing.
1: Exactly. And there's there's not going to be the money behind it to, you know, facilitate it um, to be um, a place that is, um, you know, continuously looking after the well-being of the people that are in it. Um, Mm -hmm. I also worry about people that work in nightlife, you know, the amount of people that are now unemployed. Uh, because the clubs aren't open and um, what a shame that is because people that work in nightlife are so creative and I just think it's such a waste of um, potential and talent Um, so I mean I know that that potential and talent will go into a different area but it's just such a shame that that isn't being tapped into at the moment Mm. I guess it's about thinking about
0: the club as a a safe space because I guess the space could never be I suppose we never be completely safe, but I guess it's about creating the safest space possible.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, I mean, you don't think about how many people it takes to put on a night, and mm. I, I don't think that people that don't run club nights actually realise how how much goes into a club. Like you, mm. and me, you and me have both put on parties and clubs, and we know. Um, but. There's also so many things that can go wrong. And like, I mean, I've seen people die on dance Mm. floors. I've seen people that are in the midst of addiction that are out and, you know, running themselves into destruction. And if there's nobody there to help or help steer them into the right direction or monitor or control the environment, then I worry about addiction. We've already Mm. got a huge problem with addiction in the um in the queer community i worry about you know attacks racism people being Mm. able to diffuse arguments and things like that so yeah it does make me worry about what these spaces will look like it does feel a little bit apocalyptic but i don't know hopefully it won't be yeah hopefully we'll all move forward with a common goal of understanding that this is our space and it should be sacred
0: totally and we've all had some kind of bad experience in a nightclub even even you know with it meant to be a safe space i mean i've had run-ins with bouncers in the past of you know or like weird altercations with people you know way way back when but i guess a club can never be completely safe but it's about creating the safest space possible
1: definitely definitely
0: Go to quince. slash upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty five day returns. I want to talk to you um, about Pussy Palace.
1: Oh yeah, tell
0: us tell us about that. Because I've never been.
1: Well, yeah. Um, so Pussy Palace is a collective that. I joined, I didn't start it, um, my friends Nadine and Skye, two Scottish femmes um, from Glasgow, started it. And um, it just really started as a reaction to club culture that isn't necessarily gay, but um, is femme-centric. And how so much of femme-centric clubbing is really um, built around the attention of men. 100% 100% nightclubs are mostly built for sex. Yeah. Well, period.
0: <laughs> so...
1: so a strap line there. <laughs> it, it was taken... I mean, it was sexual but in our expression um how we dressed and um how you know the the music that was playing and whatnot and um but it wasn't for the attention of men mm-hmm. and um you know there was rules that men had to abide by in terms of you know um because there was a lot of sex workers that went there was a lot of people that worked in that life like it, it was a lot of trans women there was a lot of um you know women that just wanted to just wear what they wanted to wear um Mm -hmm. and that might be minimal um Mm -hmm. so it was it was amazing to be part of that and originally it was me and um Oh God, I don't know. How many. I think it was like eight of us, and mm. then it got whittled down eventually because, as we know, with girl bands, everybody fights. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> and um, yeah, it became four of us: um, me, Sky, Nadine, and Kay Sang. And they're still my best friends. And we learned so much. Um, I was a DJ um, at the night, and the other girls ran it. So.
0: So it's a place to own your sexuality and yourself, as opposed to off, you know offering it. Some of some clubs you go to is you know it's all about attracting the opposite sex or whatever. no
1: no no. It, like the the crowd is ninety percent femmes, mm. and that includes non-binary people, cisgender women, um, straight girls, gay girls, trans women. Um, there was everyone there, but it wasn't for the attention of men and there was a limit on how many people how many men could come through the door
0: mm. okay amazing and what were the rules the
1: majority of men were gay um right. so it was like a queer ethos but you know i mean that you know if a guy came in and he started um you know hitting on girls and making them feel uncomfortable then he would be asked to leave yeah
0: i think he's he's gonna be quite ganged up on <laughs>
1: is outnumbered. <laughs> um, there wasn't a... I mean, there was... We had the Pussy Palace policy. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was, yeah, it was all about consent. And it was, you know, no touching, no staring, um, respect the space, respect each other. Um, so very much that kind of mindset. Just...
0: As, essentially, the rules that in a dream society would just be... The obvious thing that everyone...
1: Yeah, it was all common sense. But a lot of the time when people are drinking um, in nightlife and, you know, people don't think. And they just... They just treat each other as if it's a menu you know Mm. and i think it it took away that culture replaced it with something where you could just let go and not be worried about being hit on because that's Mm. not what you're there for sure there are other
0: spaces where you might want to be hit on i'm thinking room service (laughs) r.i.p i
1: mean there are Um, you know, there's, there's clubs for different reasons. And I think you just need to respect those reasons and respect what each club's about. And yeah, Mm. we,
0: (laughs) we've had some funny times at room service. How do we describe room service? My old party.
1: (laughs) How do you describe room service? I mean, it is very of the time. It, it, I don't think that necessarily it would fit in now um, in, in certain, you know, um, conversations that we're having and all of this kind of stuff, but of the time and as a throwback, I think it's, it's great. But, um, I don't know. I think a lot of, because a lot of queer nightlife is based around sex. It can kind of, I don't know, if you look at it at a glance, it can kind of seem problematic, but you know, sometimes it is just about sex.
0: Yeah. We had some fun nights. Have you got any funny, funny memories of us running around? <laughs> that basement. That that bloody basement, that, that bloody corridor. That building's gone now in Soho. I
1: know, I always walk past yeah. it and just think about all the memories.
0: Yeah, it's now just a hole in the ground. <laughs>
1: I don't know, if we wrote, if we put our heads together and wrote a memoir, like a joint memoir of all of the crazy things that we encountered and that, you know, all of the parties that we threw together... People wouldn't believe it.
0: (laughs) I have a really funny memory of us in... I think I was doing a party in Brixton. Oh, my God. Do you remember this? No! Do you remember? Yes. And you you were with me for some reason and... I was working it, that's why. (laughs) Yeah, were you you DJing or hosting or I was hosting, yeah. You were hosting, you were bringing, like, your your crew down and my go-go dancers didn't show up or something. It was, like, a Sunday afternoon or something. Like, the go-go dancers slept in, so we had to sort of... Improvise. <laughs> Improvise. <laughs> is this a story for another day?
1: You can you can tell it if you want. It's not my doing.
0: <laughs> Should I, I save it? I'll save it for the book? Maybe we employing
1: sex workers is very important, so Absolutely!
0: And I paid up front, so I did absolutely nothing wrong. Have you ever been to a house party? totally uninvited
1: yes that was um you know when i was getting to know people in brighton i was always show off at house parties uninvited but i don't know i kind of felt like sometimes i was the most interesting person in that room (laughs) (laughs) has
0: every right to be there anyway well i just (laughs)
1: kind of think that if you're going to if you're going to turn up to a party uninvited then be fun and like create the vibe and be like well it doesn't matter that i wasn't invited but aren't you having the best time (laughs) (laughs) 100%
0: <laughs> 100% if you're offering something to the room fine you have every right to be
1: there exactly I think there's, there's like the a code gods. of conduct isn't there yes. and like if, if you're not invited to the party then at least be fun <laughs> 100%. And what about like blagging your
0: way into like a a glitzy event of some kind like something fabulous
1: um I think I I mean I don't think I've ever turned up to a glitzy party uninvited but um Definitely tried to blag my way in on the guest list to like a glitzy club or something. Mm. Um, in my in my in my youth, mm. um, but no, not really. I think mm. I've you know we've always we've all been stuck outside being like you know like I know so and so.
0: Oh my god! It, it gives me so much fear. I'm so bad at it. I'd rather just I'd rather just get back in the car and just leave. Have you ever found love on the dance floor?
1: Yes. Um wasn't the most constructive love, but all consuming and um and groundbreaking and like sh- like reality shattering. It was like, yeah, I mean I mean I spent my my life on the dance floor, so all of the people that I met for a certain amount of time were in clubs and of that mindset. So, I mean, I, I met most of my ex boyfriends and yeah, most of my ex boyfriends on dance floors and mm. um, yeah, I mean, it either went really, really well or really badly. Mm. And um, I don't regret anything, you know, I mean, th- th- those are some of the lessons that I learned that, I've grown from, and um, I'm really, I'm really happy that I I did grow from them, and that it happens sooner sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Do you go out much? I mean, obviously, we've been in lockdown, but do you get to go out with your friends much anymore? I know you don't obviously work in nightlife and stuff, but do you still enjoy sort of a night down at a club? I don't think I've seen you in a nightclub for a long time.
1: No, it's not really me anymore. Mm. I think I just did it to death, and... Mm. Um, no, it's not really, I don't really have fun anymore. I think the dynamic for me has changed. I think the big, a big part of me going out to clubs was the anonymity and Mm -hmm. going out and just being able to run riot (laughs) and just have fun and have a certain sense of, you know, that people kind of knew who you were, but not really. Mm. And now I kind of feel like if I go into a club. Then I'm just a bit on high alert. And I just think that, you know, there could, if I really let go, then I'll be questioned and Mm -hmm. um, doing really high profile stuff. And I don't, Mm. I don't know, I just, my mind goes into a different. Um, a different space and I can't really enjoy myself, yeah. can't let myself go and then people come up to me and want to have perfectly innocent lovely conversations but that's not what I'm there for and mm-hmm. you know um,
0: The dynamic completely, because of course you've laid yourself so bare and you're so open to, in order to help other people that you're just kind of like
1: almost naked
0: right, you know, which really helps people
1: It feels a bit uh, like that, like when I'm out but mm. No, I mean I just change the spaces, and I just like to go to like, and it sounds really bougie, but um, I like to go to like you know members clubs or like hotel bars and um, kind of you know just change the settings or go to restaurants or um, that kind of thing. And just hang with your friends,
0: right? In these, I mean, if I'm going
1: out, out then those are the places that I go. If I'm going, you know, if I'm just seeing my friends, then I just go to my friend's house. Or if I, you know, just go anywhere. Um, But yeah, I don't really go to clubs that much anymore. I mean, I love a good party and every now and again there's like a really amazing party that um you know will either be like a, a fashion thing or a beauty thing or whatnot so i do that those kind of things but not really ever down the club
0: and in and out
1: yeah i mean do you have any
0: rules do you have any sort of like
1: um don't be the first one in and don't be the last one out i like it that's that's that's
0: another one for the part for the code of conduct well, no what, was it what was
1: it the code of conduct The, rule, the yeah, rule yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah yeah do you remember that scene in... Do you ever see Party Monster? Yes. Where they sort of go round clockwise. Then oh they go my round God, and yes. Clockwise. You and
1: love you doing the friends? rounds. You're like, come on, let's do and do the rounds.
0: <laughs> I always, you've got... I, I have to keep it moving. I can't sit down in a club. I can't sit at a table. If I'm not DJing, I have to be like sur- like circling. Like I have to... Gotta keep it moving. Because well, otherwise you'll just get
1: your ear chewed off by somebody, won't you? Yeah, by some horrific person. <laughs>
0: And I'd be like, I want <laughs> to go. Make up an excuse.
1: Some... That, that's also something that I got really, really good at, is making up excuses not to speak to somebody.
0: <laughs> Trust me, that th- this is the sort of life skill that you pick up in a nightclub. Small talk, there's nothing worse.
1: Yeah, no, there's nothing worse than small talk. But also, I don't know, I just think I've seen the most wild things. Like, things that you would never, ever... <laughs> things that you would never ever imagine would ever happen i have seen happen and i know that you've <laughs> you've seen them too and we're probably thinking of the same things <laughs> on stage no less but um oh yeah something springs to mind now i think i know what we we're, we're, a certain yeah. person's birthday yes i remember
0: right another one another one for for my book <laughs> um if you could visit a nightclub i know you don't like clubbing anymore but if you could visit a club from the past
1: no actually no i go back i do like night clubbing but just not in london it's a little too close to home i love clubbing in new york i saw you at clubbing that's I'm, probably honey, i'm time. always in the clubs in new york at always. lady fags lady fags club yes holy mountain yes. Um, but I also love China Chalet in, um, in, uh, in New York. Downtown New York. That's it. Um, I heard that just closed. China, yeah, it did. There was a campaign to buy China Chalet as well.
0: Yeah. Everything, all the good places, all the spots.
1: I know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love, I love nightlife in New York. I just feel like it's a little elevated. London's Mm. very different. Um, it's a little bit more real.
0: Mm. And people really get off their face in London. It's a real escape. Yeah. New York's a bit like CNBC meets someone Gorge in bed by two kind of vibe, I feel.
1: Yeah. London's a little more hardcore.
0: London's a bit more like, right, it's Tuesday. Where are we going now? <laughs> um, but if you could visit a club from the past, like a Studio 54 or, a, you
1: know, where, where would you go? Oh, God. Where would I go? Oh my god! I loved pop stars, you know. Oh,
0: pop stars at the Scala Friday nights. Tell us about pop stars.
1: Pop stars was one of the first clubs I went to, actually, and it was just amazing. They had like the indie room, they had Ooh. the R and B room, and they had the like the main dance floor, and I just liked that. I don't you know. You-, you could go and like we didn't have like. You know download you couldn't really download music like you can now you can stream it it was like a whole faff back in the day yeah. so you could go out and you could hear songs on the dance floor that you would never hear anywhere else yeah. and it was just a feeling that was uh, i'm just getting goosebumps now because it was yeah. just uh, it was amazing and like sweat dripping down the walls you, you didn't care about what you looked like because there was no social media you would just go and just dance yourself into a sweaty mess and then go and have like a burger around the corner in king's cross at king's cross yeah and then you would go and sleep wherever you could find a bed (laughs) 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 did not mean it like that i meant just like (laughs) sleep wherever you could crash but um Yeah, usually on a friend's couch or something because I didn't live in London at that point. (laughs) That is what I meant. Um. (laughs) Oh, you're on the commute, on the Brighton commute. (laughs) Get the 4am train home. (gasps) The first
0: train. Oh, that brings back memory. Me on the first train down to Canterbury after a a night at... G-A-Y, then would have to go and sit in Balance Cafe. Yeah. Oh, I don't miss that.
1: I, I don't miss it, but I wouldn't change it for the world. It was, like, Absolutely. a whole thing. Because, like, the adventure and, yeah. like, what would happen in that time and, like, the crazy things that you would see. <gasps> and, like, Balance used to, like, used to serve um, alcohol in teapots because they didn't <laughs> have the license. It was, like, prohibition.
0: I know. Oh, used like, they were, like, code words for, like, oh, I'll get a, uh, like, a um a black americano and it'll be like oh yeah it was like rum and coke
1: but all of these um bar owners as well like bar owners are such characters and working with bar owners is a real skill because they're often very tricky but i don't know i i mean I learned a bunch from them as well because they'd often be like the, the most bitter queens. But <laughs> they kept me employed.
0: They paid the rent. But
1: yeah. like they were often very, very difficult people to work with.
0: How to work your way around an absolutely manipulative snake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you with some quick fire questions. Dream guest list, you're throwing a party. Who are you inviting?
1: Brittany. Mm. Lindsay Lohan.
0: Oh, we we're in LA in like two thousand and seven here, right? are Paris we? Well, Paris. Yeah, there you go.
1: Want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Trinity. Okay. Naomi Campbell. Is...
0: Oh, so Britney, Lindsay, and Paris counted as one. They're one. They they're
1: one guest. They're okay, one booth. Fine. That's one booth. Um and then Naomi Campbell, Donatella Versace
0: basically the gang
1: yeah all the squads out
0: <laughs>
1: and then gaga 2012 gaga okay was that born? was
0: that born this way gaga um
1: fame uh, monster gaga okay okay um grace jones i actually met grace jones once
0: so you just want every uh, hold on we, we're gonna cycle back on that so basically you want just every like f- like uh, like pop icon
1: yeah i want <laughs> okay. all of i want all the
0: divas <laughs> Okay, perfect. Um, can we circle back on that Grace
1: Jones? Story? Oh my god, yes. So, fun fact, I used to work in Lisa Vanderpump's old venue. Yeah. And yeah. um it's not it's no longer there anymore. It's called Sh- yeah. it was called Shadow Lounge. Yeah. And um I was DJing to an empty room. <laughs> oh. I know, well and lo and behold, who comes in? Philip Tracy, and um, Grace Jones. And they're (sighs) the only people in the room at the beginning of the night. And (laughs) I I just go She's first in first in.
0: She doesn't follow that that code of conduct does she? Well
1: I mean to be honest there should have been more people in there at that time so I think that she... But you were DJing. I was DJing (laughs) 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 and this must have been when I was like what 25 and uh, so I was the very first DJ on and yeah she just came in and she was just oh my god. Right so you're
0: DJing, Gross Jones walks in, what happens?
1: She's just being grace jones she has this hat on and must have been philip's hat philip tracy's a, a, a hat um, designer that's a milliner uh, milliner that's it yes um who has designed hats for the queen and lady gaga and everybody um so yeah they're they're just like having the best time and i i'm just djing and i'm just trying to like work up the confidence to go over and say hi because I, I i i've met philip a lot uh but i've never met grace and you don't just go up to grace jones like going up to naomi and just saying hi like you don't do it there's a level of respect and um yeah i just went over to her on the way to the toilet to make it look casual and i was just like hi and um she was so cool and so lovely, and just like said, that I looked really, like, nice. And um, yeah, she just sat me down, offered me a glass of champagne, and um, I think that we were doing um, Tiger impressions or something like that, um, <laughs> as you do. But on a Tuesday
0: at Shadow Lounge with great. Grace Jones.
1: But yeah, it was it was amazing. It was it was great to meet her. I mean, she's an absolute icon.
0: She'll be on dance floors until the day she dies. Who's the DJ? Who's, um, who's playing the music? You can't say me.
1: Who's playing the music? Um, I would say probably Honey Dijon. Oh, love. The energy that she has behind the decks is unsurpassed. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, I'm coming to this party. This, like, surpasses every party that's ever happened in in all time. I'm coming. Monroe, this is your life of the party.
1: Thank you for having me. Anything for you. Mwah.
0: This has been Life of the Party with me, Jodie Harsh. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't subscribed just yet, please do. There's a new episode every week. Right, see you at the next party.